For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. left to play and there's Wall down the lane again for two. Harden will shoot it from the outside and he picks up where he left off last season with a three. And we are back once again with another installment of Believe in the Rockets only on the Believe Podcast Network. And as always, I'm your host, credential reporter for SB Nation, covering the Houston Rockets, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. Ex-former Houston Rocket player, Joaquin Hawkins. Uh, What's going on, CD? How you doing uh, today? I'm doing pretty good, man. I was actually doing a little bit better when the Rockets blew out the depleted Orlando Magic on Friday. But... After their embarrassing performance against the Lakers on Sunday, I must say that I'm not doing so well today. However, I do want to remind everyone who is currently listening to this podcast to please subscribe to Believe in the Rockets on all your favorite podcast streaming services. And if you are listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts by any chance, please be sure to leave a five-star review. Now, Hawking listeners, I know it's still kind of early, but I am tempted to hit the panic button right now. And... I say that because I'm not liking what I'm seeing from this Houston Rockets team. Of course, with the Rockets returning back to action tonight for their second game against the Lakers inside the Toyota Center at 7 o'clock, we're we're actually going to discuss tonight's game. And later on in the show, I also want to talk about what's going on, not only in the NBA, but what's going on in the world. Of course, I'm referring to the COVID-19 pandemic. Later on today, the NBA Board of Governors are expected to hold a meeting to see about the possibility of suspending play for at least two to three weeks. So we're going to get into that. And Hawkeye, actually, as a former NBA player, someone who is used to the travel as a professional basketball player, I actually want to get your opinion on how would you feel if you were still playing in the NBA today. But before we get into all that, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to tell you guys about BetOnline.ag. The NBA and college basketball seasons are back and the NFL playoffs are here. With all these sports going on, there are plenty of bets to lock in. So if you are thinking about picking the Lakers to repeat as NBA champions or someone to upset Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, please be sure to head on over to betonline.ag. And ladies and gentlemen, speaking of money to be made, I'm pretty sure there are a lot of people who actually lost money with the Pittsburgh Steelers losing and being eliminated by the Cleveland Browns over the weekend. However, from game spreads and totals to teams, players, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And there is always an online casino as well. It never closes. So head on over to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that is BetOnline.ag. 
Sign up today. Bet online, your online sports book experts. And before moving on, I actually want to send a special shout out to Houston Rockets big man DeMarcus Cousins. Did you guys know that he had his own comedy show? It's called Boogie's Comedy Slam. I got a chance to watch it over the holidays and it was hilarious. Steph Curry and several other NBA players were in the crowd getting roasted. Mike Epps was the host, including Gary Owens and Carlos Miller. I believe it's streaming on Amazon Prime and now available for free on Tubit TV. So go check it out, Boogie's Comedy Slam. So once again, I actually want to discuss what went wrong with the Houston Rockets and their loss against the Los Angeles Lakers on Sunday. And one of the things that I actually want to talk about is their efforts on defense. And Hawk and listeners, the reason why I actually want to start off talking about the Rockets defense is because just like it is hard to get a sense of what the Rockets are in 2021, it's kind of hard to get a sense of who the Rockets are on the defensive side of the ball. They are currently first in the league in blocks, averaging seven blocks per game, but they're also giving up 112 points, which is currently ranked towards the bottom of the league. After watching the Rockets on Sunday, I actually came up with the conclusion that the Rockets are not a bad defensive team because I don't care who you are. You're not going to be leading the league in blocks and you're not going to be ranked in the top 10 in steals without being good on defense nor giving in a defensive effort on that side of the court and the theory that I came up with is that at the end of the day this is a team that is still trying to get accustomed to Steven Silas's system and they're also trying to get accustomed playing with one another and I say that because there were a lot of times throughout that game on Sunday that there were a lot of miscommunications regarding switches or regarding picking up somebody with the basketball there were so many times where the Lakers had a wide open three-point shot or there were so many times where the Lakers had an easy lane to drive to the basket for an easy dunk or a layup and this is not a problem that just took place against the Lakers. You can go back to last week's games and take a look at the game against the Dallas Mavericks and also the game against the Indiana Pacers, and they had these same exact problems. And during yesterday's media availability, I had an opportunity to discuss my conclusion about the Rockets' defense with Steven Silas, and this is what he had to say. Hey, Coach, um, through the first eight games so far, how would you assess the defense? You guys are currently leading the league in blocks right now, so it shows that you guys are showing good effort on the defensive end, but sometimes it just seems like there might be a miscommunications with switching or something that might hurt you guys in the long run. Yeah, for sure, for sure. We have miscommunications. There are mistakes being made defensively. I think we're right around 18th or something in defense right now. We want to be better. Going to be a better defensive team, and you know sometimes it's easier to kind of get the offense going because there's your there's plays and there's um, things that you can do that that um, are a little bit more finite. Where your defense at times can be a little bit more reactive, and you, since you're reacting to what the offense is doing, if you're a little late, a little off, a little um, less with your communication, then um, you're going to have mistakes like that. And you would hope that as the games go along and the um, time that we're together increases, then those mistakes will um, diminish. But 
it's up to me and um, my staff and, and the group as a whole to take what we learn on film, in walkthroughs, during games, and, and uh, make those corrections. So, Hawk, after listening to what Steven Silas had to say, with you being a former player and now a coach, I would like to get your opinion on what are some of the issues that you are seeing with the Rockets' defense through these first eight games? Yeah, I'm, I'm too a little concerned about their consistency on the defensive end. Um, as a team, you, you want to have, you got to have a defensive presence um, inside, outside. They have the, the player, they have the personnel uh, to be able to be a, to be a good, solid team. Um, I'm looking at their first first half of, of defense. And I'm also looking at their second and third uh, quarter um, of their defensive effort. So the Lakers uh, was up with 25 to 21 in the middle of the, of the, the end of the first quarter. Second quarter, the Lakers scored 40 points and the Rockets had 25. So just that in itself, they allowed double, almost double, of what they scored. So that by itself, that cannot happen, especially against a, a team that's as good as the Lakers. Um, the third quarter, they actually played a little bit better. Uh, they only allowed 23 points, um, and the Rockets actually scored 29. So they actually outscored the Lakers in the third quarter. Um, but again, that second quarter lapse in defense, it was too much for them to uh, to overcome. And uh, that fourth quarter, uh, the Lakers scored 32 and the uh, Rockets scored 27. So, you know, there's too many little moments that goes by where, you know, they're allowing open layups or in, in a few times, AD and uh, KCP, they got wide open layups just for you know, running down the court and not having any any defense to stop them. So that's something that has it cannot happen with the Rockets, especially just early on in the season. Um, they do have to be able to ident identify themselves uh, to be able to, to, to be a, a consistent defensive team. And, you know, with everything going on on the NBA with the COVID, with, with Harden, you know, still thinking about if he's going to leave or not, the one thing you have to be able to do is play defense because – you know, it only takes four to five minutes for a, uh, a team that you plan against to go on a run. And, I mean, AD had a phenomenal uh, start of, of the game. After that's his third bucket, they should have been double teaming. And so, you know, you got to be able to make those adjustments, but you really got to be able to um, be consistent overall each quarter playing defense in the NBA. And Hawk, you actually mentioned something in your statement that I really want to focus and key in on. And that was you talking about the collapse of the Rockets defense. And I want to talk about that because the Rockets did not put on a great defensive performance at all on Sunday. And part of that reason is because the Rockets just got too caught up in the what is a foul, what is not a foul game with the referees. And it sort of seems like because of that, they were playing two separate games the game on the court with the Los Angeles Lakers and the game on the sideline with the referees. And the reason why I want to point that out because their transition defense was terrible. Sunday night, they gave up 32 fast break points and at least half of those were due to the fact that the Rockets did not get back on defense because they were complaining to the referees on what is a foul, what is not a foul. There was one play that came to mind, actually two plays that came to, the, came to my mind. One, 
James Harden had the ball, and I will agree with James. He did get fouled by Alice Caruso, but they did not call it. Instead of him getting back in transition and complaining to the ref a little bit later on if they got a bucket or a little bit later on during a timeout, he instantly went to the referee and started complaining about the non-call foul. That resulted in a 3-1 to fast break, and of course the Lakers converted on that. Later on in the same quarter, and both of these plays that I'm talking about happened in the second quarter, which was one of possibly their worst quarter of the season a little bit later on there was a similar situation that went on with John Wall and just like James Harden he did not get back on defense instead he was complaining to the ref about a foul not being called Hawk I'm pretty sure you can attest to this more than I can but as a player on the court and look and I'm speaking from a guy who my my basketball career bent over It, it was over after my senior year of high school but as an NBA player they should have the composure. They should have the ability to keep their composure on how to keep their mind in the game. I think because they got too caught up in the whole what is a foul, what is not a foul, complaining to the referees so much, and at the end of the day, you're playing against LeBron James. He gets damn near all the fouls in the world. They cannot allow themselves to get too frustrated and take their mind mentally out of the game. And I think that is what hurt this team more so than anything. Yeah, that, that's what a championship team does. They take advantage uh, of the other team's mishaps. And, you know, as I said, I'm, I'm a director of my own youth um, basketball program, and I've had this for the last 10 years. And that's the first thing that I we always preach. You can't worry about what the referees are not calling or what they should be calling. Um, you got to play the game. You know, referees are, are, are not perfect. Um, in the NBA, in this case, I mean, you are a professional. And... You're going to get some calls. You're not going to get all the calls, but you got to continue to play. And especially when you're in the situation where the Rockets are at right now, they got to win games. I mean, they, they're having too many times where they're showing these, um, these different instances that they can play, that they can, they can play and compete against the best. Um, I think they even got down where I think they're only down by six at one point. So, they're showing that they can compete with teams like the Lakers, but you can't have those, not only the, the, the mishaps on defense, but you can't have those situations where you're complaining and you're not getting back because when you're sitting down complaining, believe me, the other team, they see that. They see that as a sign of weakness and they're going to take advantage of that. And it just takes, you know, two or three instances for that to happen where now you, you go from being down six to being down 19 and that's what happened with the Rockets and you take a look at their performance on the offensive side of the ball and I don't want to spend too much time on this because we actually talked about the Rockets offensive struggles nearly all last week but the problems that I saw against Dallas and the problems that I saw against Indiana was the same problems that I saw against the Lakers on Sunday and when I talk about their performance their offensive performance against the Lakers Their three-point shots were not falling. This is a team that shot 12 for 41, and I get it, it's 2021, and the Rockets, just like nearly every other team in the league, it's like they rely so much on analytics. The analytics shows that the mid-range jump shot is the worst jump shot a player can take. I understand that. But when your team is shooting 29% from behind the arc, you should at some point change up your game plan 
and and allow your players and encourage your players to take that shot and hulk once again i'm pretty sure you can attest to this more than i can but as a player sometimes all it takes is for you to see the ball go into the basket in order for you to get things rolling on the offensive side of the ball i mean and if you can't there is a game i want to point out you were a part of one of Kobe Bryant's 50-point performances when you was with the Rockets. Not 50, man. Maybe 42, <laughs> but I, not 50. <laughs> 50, 42, whatever. I'm pretty sure you guys lost that game. But I say all that just to say sometimes all it takes is to see the ball go into the basket in order for you to get your rhythm going on the offensive side of the ball and hawk i don't want this to turn into what i'm starting to think throughout these first eight games with the exception of maybe two or three games i'm not seeing that much of a difference between a steven silas offense and a mike d'antoni's offense and if i'm seeing that way too much then clearly the rockets may have a little bit more of an issue on their hands yeah uh, I'm going to tell you, man, I, I don't want to say that maybe he is. Maybe he is encouraging them uh, to be a little bit more versatile with their shots, the shot selection, especially when they're not making shots. So, you know, we're not in, in the huddles. We don't know exactly what those coaches are saying to their players. But a, as a player, I mean, it's it, it becomes second nature. If you're a shooter and you're known to be knocking down three-point shots and you're not making them, naturally as a three-point shooter, you're going to conti continue to shoot, but you also got to be able to – you know, mix it up, mid-range, get to the rim, and really just trying to get to the rim to get fouled because once you start to get fouled, go to the free throw line, make a couple of shots, now your confidence is, is gaining. Um, so, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Silas was letting the players know, let's, let's see if we can get some easier shots, guys. Uh, but I still think it starts with the, with the defensive end. And sometimes you play good defense, that's going to create your offense. And the, the Rockets just couldn't even – get into a good defensive slope flow to stop uh the, the the lakers offense just so they can get some easy buckets and um and that's that's part of part of what went wrong with them last night before moving on hawk i want to say i apologize not only did kobe not have 50 i mean the man had 46 so you could round that up to 50 but but more importantly you guys actually won 93 to 89. <laughs> yes, sir. I, I, was that the game that we played at the Staples Center? Yes. As a matter of fact, you guys were at the Staples Center. Shaquille O'Neal was out. And this game was so early on in the season, you and Yao Ming actually came off the bench. Yes, we did. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe this is also the same game that Kobe Bryant dunked on Yao Ming. But with that being said, Hawk, what do you remember about this game? I remember, if it's the game I'm thinking about right now, I just remember, again, I was a 29-year-old rookie, never played in the NBA. I got a chance to play at home against... Um, one of the best players that I, I in, in basketball history, Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, my family was in, in, the, in the stands, and I remember coming down the last few seconds of the game, they swing the ball to me, and I attacked the rim. The other one thought I was going to score. Nice dish off to Yao Ming. Wham! He dunked the dude, and we ended up winning the game. So that's what I remember. I, I gave the, the game winning assist 
to Yao Ming. And I remember, man, he, he got me on the backdoor dunk too. Uh, that's that's a highlight that I'm, I'm not proud of, but he got 46. I got the W, and um, that that's my uh, my Kobe Bryant story. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Believe in the Rockets, only on the Believe Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, I actually want to take a step back and talk about what is going on, not just in the NBA, but what's going on in the world right now. And of course, I'm talking about the ongoing pandemic of COVID-19. And the reason why I want to bring that up on today's show, because later on today, the NBA Boards of Governors is going to hold a meeting to see if they should suspend play for about two to three weeks to get things back on track. And as of right now, they're in this situation because the coronavirus is hitting the NBA hard. Over the past 48 to 72 hours, we have seen three games postponed. And on Saturday, the 76ers, it was a very weird situation that went on with them. They You're supposed to have eight players suit up and available to play but I believe they only had seven because the eight guy that they suited up did not play due to an injury and they put on a a very good fight against the Denver Nuggets but of course they came up short Hawk given the league situation right now if you were still playing in the NBA today how would you feel about playing in this pandemic that's still going on yeah, it's un- unfortunate, man. I mean, if obviously if I was in the league right now, um, you know, we'll I would definitely um, not be as comfortable, uh, just because this is a deadly virus that's affecting people in so many different ways. Um, but just your 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 sanity. I mean, knowing that you're going outside of your house and it's a possibility that you can contract this this disease and actually die from it. I mean, it, it is a serious. Uh, situation that we all are dealing with. Um, if I was an NBA now, I, I would understand it, definitely understand if they were to suspend the league for a couple of weeks. Um, the bubble was the ideal situation. Um, we had what no uh, positive uh, test results that came back during that time, and that is probably the only way that it will continue to be something like that, where there's no other cases. Um, yeah, it's tough, man. I mean, these players, they want to play. Fans want to see them play. Uh, I really commend the league for doing everything they can and, you know, humanly possible uh, to make it where the, the, the teams can play throughout the week. But, I mean, this is a pandemic. And, you know, the fact that they do have a vaccine um, out now, um, I think that would help. But I think, you know, for right now, being an NBA player is not being a, uh, just an, an athlete just in general right now. Um, it's, it's, it's tough because you're going to continue to have these cases um, and you're going to continue to have people that you know. I'm mean, just getting to the point now where we all are personally knowing people uh, that's been affected by this, this, this deadly virus. Um, it'll be tough, man, if I was in a league right now. You know, I, I, again, I, I don't think that it's going to get any easier. I think it's going to be more games that's going to be postponed. And, um, you know, I hope they're able to finish off the season this year. But I wouldn't be surprised if we get midseason and we have to take more than a two week break. And I'm glad that you mentioned the bubble situation, because, of course, that was a topic for discussion when you started talking about how can the NBA carry out the 2021 season and the bubble situation. Look, 
I get both sides. You got one side that's saying that it's safe, and then you got the other side that is the players. Being in the bubble, we saw that it could take on some type of mental effect for these players. Being confined to a place for so long, especially given the fact that nine times out of ten, you're not going to be with your family and friends that you are living with and stuff. And, you know, the best example I could think of, while a lot of people made fun and talk about the terrible performance that Paul George put on in the bubble, he came out and said just being away from his family, being in this bubble led him to a depression and that led him to be playing very, very terribly. Now, given how deadly this virus is, I really do not know if and how the NBA is going to continue their season. However, if I were part of this NBA board of governor, I would actually consider a proposal. And that proposal will be somewhere along the lines of throwing out the second half of the season because the schedule that we got now is only the first half. And I believe if I'm not mistaken, we have a total of 35 to 40 games. You throw out the second half of the season and you add on three to five more weeks to the schedule that you have right now. Let's say you add five more games and that way you will have an opportunity to spread out games. So the NBA teams would not have to do so much travel because I do believe the numbers that we are seeing in the NBA is based off the amount of travel that is going on right now. And, you know, you take a look at the NFL, you take a look at MLB, they were able to have a season and, you know, they actually had their own battles with the coronavirus, especially the NFL early on in the season. However, I can't speak on MLB to see what changed for them or how they were able to be successful, but I can speak on what made the NFL just a little bit more successful in having a season in the middle of a pandemic. And it goes back to the travel. I cover the Houston Texans just as much as I cover the Rockets. And let's say if this was a NFL season right now, and you're looking at the calendar, and you take a look at a three-week window for the Texans. Let's say this Sunday they had to travel to San Francisco to take on the 49ers, and next week they had to return to take on the New Orleans Saints, and then that following Sunday they travel to Atlanta to take on the Atlanta Falcons. You're looking at 21-day window. You're talking about a situation where the Texans are only going to fly four times. In comparison to the NBA, let's just look at what the Los Angeles Lakers are going through right now. They are currently in a mini road trip given the amount of travel that they are doing. Last week to open up the month of January, they had two games in Memphis. After that, they headed back home for two games against the San Antonio Spurs and the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> they are currently in Houston right now as we speak. And after they finish up tonight's game, they have to fly to Oklahoma City for a game against the Thunder tomorrow, only to turn back around and fly to Los Angeles to take on the New Orleans Pelicans on Friday. That is a little bit too much of travel that they are doing. And I get it, these NBA teams, I'm pretty sure they have strict rules and strict guidelines, and I'm pretty sure they are trying to create a safe bubble amongst themselves but how can you do that given the amount of travel that you're doing i think you're right man and not only that you gotta think about the family members 
you know, I can't, you know, hopefully they are, but, you know, we can't say that they were staying at home and, you know, these players, even if they were to stay at home, if their family members are going out and they're coming back um, and maybe they are the one that's transmitting um, you know the virus to the players, but it, it's just it's just inevitable. I mean from family to friends um, This virus is, is affecting everybody and so even if they were to do that now you have to determine how do you Have your family members uh, to stay in the house, you know during that time and um, As I said, the only thing I can I can just say and we can all say that it worked uh, was the bubble and I don't know how they can try to manage a second part of the season uh, creating that same type of bubble 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 uh, atmosphere uh, just so that they can be able to continue to play yeah and it's a very unfortunate situation and to be honest with you Hawk and listeners we are actually coming up on a year of trying to battle this deadly virus because <laughs> things with the United States and the coronavirus got real serious back in March and in the next couple of weeks, it's going to be March again. But, you know, flipping things back over to the Houston Rockets side of things, as I mentioned throughout this show, the Rockets are back in action tonight to take on the Los Angeles Lakers. And given everything that the Rockets are struggling with right now, also take into account that John Wall might not be playing tonight's game he is right now listed questionable with a migraine daniel house is not going to be making his return and it seems like we're going to have to wait another week until we see daniel house back in action because in the midst of battling a back injury the rockets on yesterday ruled daniel house out due to health and safety protocols due to the coronavirus so there's a lot of things stacking up against the Rockets right now. It would be nice if they can pull off this victory. I don't think they will, which means when the final buzzer sounds tonight, the Rockets most likely are going to be looking at a three and six record. Ooh, yeah, that's just something that's it's, it's reality. Now we know that they can bounce back. Um, it's, it's again, you, you kind of got time, but you kind of don't have time. And so it's, uh, it's one game at a time. Um, I think that they will have a better performance, especially on the defensive end. Um, they've shown that they can play at that level. Um, again, if they can just cut down uh, those points per half and, and have a goal. You know, I remember when I was in the league, our, our coach would say that we're trying to keep the team from having more than 20. No, they can't have no more than 22 points uh, per half. Um, but we want to have at least 25 per half. And so if you have just something simple, a simple game plan of, of how you're going to focus on your defense, um, I think that's what the, the Rockets has to do. And, you know, no better time to do it than now. And with that being said, that concludes another installment of Believe in the Rockets only on the Believe Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. And please remember to subscribe to Believe in the Rockets on all your favorite podcast streaming services. And if you are listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts by any chance, please be sure to leave us a five-star review. And also, ex-Rocket player Joaquin Hawkins. You can follow me on Facebook, Joaquin Hawkins, and on IG at CoachHawk247. That is CoachHawk247. 
1-800-227-5247. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.